your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now we want to talk about what was your favourite book growing up and did that book or reading in general play a factor in your formation where you are today do you still read that impact that reading has on a child and the influence that someone's favorite book might have on them and joining me is uh, Roisin Meany who you know very well uh, Roisin is uh, on the line from writing and indeed among other things she reads to children at uh, the libraries in Limerick and Pori Kenny who writes children's books with me in the studio and our good friend blogger Jen Ronan is here as well to chat about all of this and you're welcome good morning to you um so roshin were, joe. You, were you a great reader as a child oh joe i never had my head out of a book i i hated sports of any kind um so books were my thing from a very early age and even before we could read mam would bring us along to the local library and we'd pick out picture books and she would read them to us so she gave us all a love of, of reading and uh, and then we had the comics of course in in the, every week we'd get a we'd get an influx of comics into the house and to this day i won't have a word said about a comic i think it's a fantastic gateway into reading for maybe the reluctant reader who doesn't really like to see you know reams of text on a page just like the pictures and the little speech bubbles that go with them and comics were such fun. They were total entertainment. And then, of course, I graduated onto Enid Blyton, I think, was my first serious author that I could read on my own. And I did all the nutty books. And then I moved on to every other Enid Blyton book on the planet. So, yeah, books from a very early stage with me and still. Yeah. I'm reading the Jack Stalwart series at the moment. Um, oh. Yeah. And, I mean, it's... Like, I don't know that series, Joe. Well, do you know where I got it now? In the, in the library that you often read in because ah, I, I very was, good. we went in there a couple of weeks ago we'd done a clear out at the house of books and um, it was pointed out to me well if we go to the library we can hand the books back so they're not going to create clutter and there are so many choices so I went in there yeah. and Caroline who we know well from her time working yeah. here one of the great librarians in the library in Limerick City I know she was looking at me going well will you look at, look, look at your man <laughs> Huh? Look at himself. <laughs> when was the last time we saw this fella in here? Uh, but it was just a magical experience. And, you know, on a Saturday morning there, as you well know, Roshin, it is that brilliant yeah. mix of families, isn't it? Oh, it's fantastic, Joe. I absolutely love my storytelling sessions. It's only once a month, but it's the highlight of my month. And to see little children being brought in by their parents or grandparents and just looking around, immersing themselves in the world of books, listening to the story, and they love stories. They just love them. There's never a problem with discipline or anything. They just sit there and listen and enjoy. And, and then they go and they pick their books and bring home. Libraries are the unsung heroes of this world. And they're free. They're free. You know, where else will you get something free? And if they don't like the book they choose, that's fine. They go back and they pick another one. And they can, you know, they can try out books that maybe they wouldn't be trying out if they had to pay for them. And, you know, they can find what they really like. And there's a book for everyone. I often tell kids that, you know, sometimes I go into schools and I ask, I invariably ask, who likes reading in this class? And I always say, you don't have to put up your hand. Don't, don't pretend. If you don't like reading, that's fine. And some hands will stay down. But I always say, there is a book for everyone. You just have to find it. Because there are books for, uh, about every topic under the sun, you know. Yeah. And, and it's very interesting. I mean, there's research, obviously lots of research being done on this and uh, recent research showing that uh, children who are read to or read 
when they are three years old will have better success when reading at age nine, the study yes. has uh, found, and they went through that in you know, different ages. And it's a, a longitudinal study led by uh, professors at Dublin City University and included over a thousand children. And uh, that was, some people might think, well, it makes sense. But anyway, that's the, the evidence. And, and I saw you nodding there, Jen Ronan, when yeah. Roshin mentioned Enid Blyton books. Oh, I used to eat them up. Yeah, I, I wasn't a Famous Five uh, fan or any of those because, you know, they did a lot of activities and I didn't like activities. There was a lot of running around in woods and things and I said, nah, don't do that. But I was obsessed with, like, the boarding school ones, like uh, Mallory Towers and the Girls of St. Clair's and all these things. And, like, for a Limerick girl, you know, obsessed with boarding school. And I, I remember actually being in, I think I was first class, and I started petitioning the, the teachers so we could play lacrosse, the state of me. Like, I mean, it, you know, the most British upper class sport you could think of. And I wanted I wanted to play lacrosse. And, and, I thought, and how did you thought, get on with that petition? Well, as you can see, the Nessence lacrosse team is doing very well. You know, we've won all the championships. I swear to God, like the notions on me. Absolute notions. But um, yeah, I loved I loved it. I loved Ina Blyton. And then I graduated on to, um, I got into horror. Christopher Pike is one of my favourites. He was like a teen horror writer. He's absolutely brilliant. And um, one of my favourite books by him is called Remember Me. And it's like a like a murder mystery type thing, but it's supernatural. And I became obsessed with just horror and then I moved I, on to... And we have to give a mention to our own Darren Shan. Darren Shan, yeah. Is, yeah. You know, brilliant in the horror for oh. teenagers. Fantastic. Well, Limerick's very gothic anyway. Like, you know, I've always, I've always thought Limerick is very kind of underground and punk and gothic. It, yeah. it doesn't surprise me. But I, I, think, I yeah. think the great thing about Limerick is everything to everyone. It I is. love that. Yeah. Um, and ourselves as well. Yeah. Work yeah. that out. Um, <laughs> so, Pori Kenny, was it your reading um, that led you eventually on a path to children's books and writing them yourself? God, absolutely. Um what Roisin there said really chimed at me talking about joining the library for the first time. I think the biggest thing for me as a writer, <clears throat> even from the age of eight, was getting a library card in my hand for the first time. Mm. That changed everything for me because I was a voracious reader. Um, and the reason I was a voracious reader was I, I grew up in a small town in Newbridge in Kildare mm. and there was nothing to do really. Um, and I was looking for some means of escape and, and reading provided that. And I loved all sorts of stories, fantasy stories, science fiction stories, detective stories, Famous Five, Enid Blyton, all that. Because it was a nice little escape from, from the humdrum, you know, small town life. And Roshan also mentioned comics. Comics were huge for me. Mm. Comics changed everything for me. I used to get, uh, what was it, 2080 comic every week. <gasps> yeah, my dad used to read that even oh, yeah. as a dad, like he would read it. And Roy of the Rovers and yeah. all of oh, those ones. Like, <laughs> great stuff. And I read Bunty and Mandy and all these different And ones, I read yeah. Bunty and Mandy yeah. too. And oh, Misty. Misty, yes. Yeah. Misty was the best uh, girls comic going. Yeah. It, it great ghost stories in it. Uh, really funny stories as well. Yeah. It was, it was, a, so, it was a great variety of stories in it. Um, mm. And comics... There was so much stuff going on in comics. Mm. Uh, I mean, I used to read Marvel and stuff, and they were grand, and I enjoyed them. But but the the British comics, especially. Yeah, and there was always a lot of historical stories, like Victorian orphanages and stuff like yeah. that involved, and or people, you know, stories about like uh, girls who worked as scullery maids in kitchens and all this kind of yes. mad stuff that yeah. you never think about, like yeah. when you read them. Yeah, a huge breadth of stuff in them. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, it kind of opened your eyes to different type of stories and different type of people that might have existed, and and then. The the germ of the idea of writing for children yourself? Uh, it wasn't so much an idea. It was almost something that happened by accident. <laughs> you know, um, I only started about was 10 years ago or so. I started writing a book. Um, and it was only about kind of halfway through that I realised, you know what, this is a kid's book. Mm. And I said, and it's great fun to write. 
and and that's what I got from my my childhood as a, <clears throat> as a reader was how much fun it can be to read, mm. and then it's even much more fun to to write. I found you know so much so that my reading has suffered, and I write <laughs> almost too much and I don't read enough. You know that kind of way. Mm. Um, I think so one of the most important things for me was getting books as presents, um, which I don't think people really get anymore. Like as kids, my aunts and my grandparents on my dad's side would give me like they'd give me like the classics or, or abridged versions of the classics. So I was reading Jane Eyre, like abridged versions of, of Jane Eyre at like 11 and 12. And I was reading like uh, she gave me the complete works of Lewis Carroll. Uh, it took me a good few years to get through that. Like, but, you know, and so you're you're just expect you have to up your reading game then, especially if you get the, these things, you know. OK, stay with us. Uh, Rogue Sheen is on the line and Porig and Jen are with me in the studio. And we're talking about children reading especially, but how it can have a lifelong impact as well. See, this is the thing about readers and writers, because uh, Porig and Jen have spent the entire break shouting different uh, book titles um, <laughs> at each other and I'm sure Roisin would have as well. So Roisin, I mean, from what you see in uh, observing um, the kids when you're doing your monthly reading at uh, the library, um, yeah. you know the, the big worry is oh, kids don't pick up books. Kids have no interest in words on a page anymore. It's all about, you know, tech. Well, yeah, that might be appropriate for a little older than the gang that I would have now, Joe, because I, I do kind of three to six-year-olds, and they're, I think they, they haven't really discovered the tech world yet at that stage. And the parents, like I say, or the grandparents would have the interest in the books, and they kind of can, can uh, pass it on to the children by bringing them into the library and by bringing them to the story time sessions. But, yeah, it is a concern for later on. And I suppose tech at the age of maybe eight, nine, I'm not sure when they actually would, would be kind of tempted by it or would have access to it, is is a is a challenge for, for books. Then again, there are the Kindles, which, which are great. I mean, I'm not a big Kindle fan myself, but at least if a child is used to a screen and feels more at home with a screen and, uh, rather than a book, at least they still have the, the possibility to read a story on the screen. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, when, when Kindle came first, everyone was saying it's the end of the traditional publishing and we were all getting a bit worried. But, um, but it didn't happen and publishing is as strong as ever. So um, I, think, I think they'll just have to live side by side. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I, and I should give a mention because again I got in trouble at home about this because the Summer Stars reading pro yes. project that's happening at the moment for young people it was mentioned to me during the week the Summer Stars reading project and I stupidly went oh yeah yeah Julie the head of library person was in telling us about that and, and you didn't say anything about it because it's another great way of just trying to inspire um, reading. So, I mean, for example, Porig, from your perspective, do you always think that there'll be a market for children's books? Because I'm thinking about the strike that's happening, for example, in Hollywood mm -hmm. at the moment, you know, and like actors, you often get the impression, oh, I'm not interested in those writing people, you know, but at the moment, they're quite happy to strike with them because they know that the writers keep the shows on the road. Absolutely, yeah, and Sure, what happened the last time it was a writer's strike. Yeah. Everything stopped for months and months. Series and everything were, yeah. you know, put on hold. What happens now if we start running out of stuff to watch? Yeah, you know, oh, we have to go into the sun. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah. everyone has to open a book. Yeah. That's the thing, yeah, absolutely. Before they make it into a movie. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so we do not believe that it is dying, Porrick? Uh, you mean reading dying? Um, I don't think it is because uh, there's, uh, I can't remember the exact figures, but... 
children's publishing and the, the buying of children's books forms a huge part, a bigger part now of uh, the book buying than it has done in the past 30 or so years. I think it's it's nearly a third of, of all the books that are, right. are bought by wow. adults for, for kids, you know. Um, so it's a huge, it's a huge business. Um, it's a lot bigger than it was even. I remember when uh, J.K. Rowling first started with the Harry mm. Potter series. I think that's what really kicked it all off because I worked in libraries at the time and the, the huge influx of kids that came in to look for those books, I think really kicked it off. A lot, You got a lot of Harry Potter fans uh, baked in there and then publishers started to realise you know there's a bigger even bigger market now yeah. for children's books so there's a huge market there's a huge amount of uh, uh, Irish children's authors now than, than ever before when I was growing oh. up maybe you had three or four if you were lucky and now there's there's, there's dozens of them you know mm. and it's incredible there's Sinead O'Hart Eve McDonald, Shane Hegarty just countless yeah. and it's great and I suppose Jenny it's like anything you know if you're influenced at home by music for example you yeah. know you, I, you'll often meet younger people who are fans of musicians, you know, Bob Dylan or whoever, you'd yeah. be kind of going, how did that happen? And a lot of the time the answer is, well, it was yeah. very much in the house. Oh, yes, I my parents thought I loved the Eagles. That's, you know, well, I, live it, I love them. <laughs> but it was because, you know, the Hotel California always found very spooky songs, so I loved it. But um, yeah, it was the same. There was books always around the house and, and getting them as presents as well was always great. You know, and uh, but even as a teacher as well, I've noticed that the the tradition of teacher taking a, having a bit of a time out, like having a book of the week or whatever that they they read to the class, and the kids are invested in yeah. it, and it's like a serial. You know, you sit down and I, I, you know when I've taught in classes and stuff, and they'd be like, "Oh, can we read?" You know, they have a book on the go, and you know, you read a chapter, and you know, if they're very good, you might read two chapters, and they're all so invested in it, and yeah. especially if if the teacher throws a bit of life into the the reading of it. Because mm. I remember, like when I was in second class, there was a it was a kids collection called. Jeremy James, I don't know if you remember that. It's, it's way back. I'm showing my age now, but but he had a series. He was like a naughty boy getting into scrapes and all this kind of thing. But our teacher used to do funny voices, so we were so invested. And Jeremy James had this voice, and she would sit down and read it, and we'd be it'd be like tuning into a TV yeah. show, uh, you know, every yeah. every evening. We'd have the, the treat of this book thing, and then we wanted to get them. So every one of us was trying to. Well, I have two books of his now, and I have three, and I've got the new one, and yeah. you know that kind of thing. So that makes a huge difference in the schools as well. Porik, what's your current book? The, the one I've, well, I'm, I'm finished writing one at the moment and it's out next February. It's called Stitch. It's basically a Frankenstein's monster story for kids. Um, so I'm looking forward to that coming out. Brilliant. That sounds good. Um, and Roshin, the other thing is that we have, as we well know, a cost of living crunch at the moment and libraries are great for that, aren't they? Because They're fantastic, Joe. You can They're borrow fantastic. the books. You can borrow the books. You can borrow, and I think you can borrow up to about twelve at a time now. Mm-hmm. And they've done away with the late fines as well. So really, there's no excuse. Yeah, um, and, and it's very yeah. high tech. I mean, you go in now and there's beep and there's stuff, in, yes, and you have the, to, and there's sensors, and I mean, it's it, there, there absolutely is. And uh, another thing is that there, the, the, you know, there's talk about doing away with the library staff and it all being automated, which would be horrible. Oh, well, I, don't, I don't think that's a good idea at no. all because library no. staff have such knowledge. Mm. Yeah, they have, they have. And they're all so nice, in that, especially in that city library. But I had never gone into a library yet that, that the staff weren't so welcoming and so mm. warm. Yeah, I mean, listen, a piece of technology is never going to throw their eyes up to heaven when they see me coming. <laughs> <laughs> you 
never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, AI, AI yeah. can do a lot of things, you know? Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah. G- GPT and all that. Sarcastic, yeah. AI, like yeah, sarcastic, sarcastic AI. Sarcastic AI. All right. Well, listen, thank you so much. I, I'm only delighted to talk about this. You know, it's, um, and, I mean, Ryan Tuberty, you know, he gave a lot of evidence and there was a lot of back and forth, but maybe the one thing that everyone agreed uh, when he talked about during the week, uh, young people, books, literacy, and how important it really is to inspire that. Mm. Um, and, and thank you for talking to us this morning. Great to have uh, blogger Jen Ronan back in the studio with us. Pori Kenny, best of luck with your next children's book. And, of course, writer Roisin Meany on the line. Appreciate it very much. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live.